So the Lord has brought us together today for a purpose. And I believe by his grace, he continues to stir us up as he draws us close and close unto himself, that we may know him and continue knowing him better and better and better. You realize we can never know him enough. He's beyond knowing because he's just beyond too much. He's more than too much, so we can't know him. And he continues to reveal himself unto us every other single day and moment by moment. And he's upon you and upon me to be humble under him and at, under his mighty hand so that as he opens the curtain, we are able to see more than we saw yesterday. Then as we continue to draw close, he continues to open that curtain so that we are able to see even more and marvel and wonder at the kind of God it is that has loved us, has welcomed us unto himself, and he has made us to be his own. He has gone through all, regardless of all that we have done and all that we are and all that we have been. He still seeks out for you and for me with a desire that we may be able to fulfill what it is, that the dream that he has for us, all for the glory and honor of his name. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we bless you and we give you glory this afternoon because your love is everlasting. And Lord, in accordance with your word, and in accordance, dear Lord, with your spirit, O dear Lord, whom thou hast given unto us, I speak these words over thy flock, for we are your flock. So this word comes over each one of us, over our families, over everything that pertains unto us, because all of ours is actually yours, because you are the one who has given it unto us, and you have made it to be. Let it be upon each one this particular day that the grace to abide in the secret place of the Most High shall be made manifest in the name of Jesus Christ. Let it be, blessed King of glory, that each one will find grace and favor to abide under the shadow of the Almighty in the name of Jesus. Let it be that, Lord, unto each one shall be the testimony that each one will say of you that, Lord, you are our God. You are our strength. You are our refuge. And in you we will trust, everlasting Father. May the Lord deliver you from the perilous pestilence, from the noisome pestilence and from the schemes of the evil one in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord enable you to trust in him to trust in his truth, to take refuge under his feathers for the honor of his glorious name. I profess his word over you that you will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies in the day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near unto you. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made, and I ask this of the Lord, that he grants you grace to make the Most High, even our God, to be your refuge and your dwelling place. No evil shall befall thee. No plague shall come now your dwelling, for he gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands, let them bear you up, that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will trade upon the lion and the cobra, 
the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. And because you have set your love upon him, and may the grace of God rest upon you that you will daily set your heart and your love upon him alone. May the grace of the Lord rest upon you and your families, your sons and your daughters, your, your parents and even those that be of your household, that they will set their love on him. Let that grace be released into our homes and into our families, into our lives, that our love shall be unto him and unto him alone. Therefore the Lord shall keep you. The Lord shall deliver you. He will set you on high. Why do you call upon him and the Lord will answer you? The Lord will be with you in trouble. He will deliver you and honor you. And with long life, the Lord God will satisfy you. And the Lord will show you and make manifest his salvation unto you and unto your household in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue and I continue to share with us aspects to do stirring up our faith. I repeat once again, just as Peter says in his word, for me it is not grievous to keep on reminding you of the present truths, though you know them. I know you know these things, but I continue to speak them over and over unto us because it is expedient. For me it stirs up my faith. And I believe as, as it stirs up my faith, so shall it stir you as too. And all of us together, we will be able to continue to rise up in the knowledge of our God and in the grace that he continues to release and to bestow upon our individual lives. We are continuing to look at this wonderful message of looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And at this time, we are continuing with looking unto Jesus the good shepherd and we have touched the various aspects we have looked at the lord is my shepherd he's your shepherd you shall not want you will not lack anything we have looked at he will make you lie down in green pastures you rest in his presence that he will lead you besides the quiet waters he does not drive you pushing you in a hurry that go 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 quickly do this do that no 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 that is not the kind of shepherd that we have he says i am the good shepherd he leads you he goes ahead of you and he waits for you to be able to eat whatever pastures that he has availed for you and as we be obedient we are able to go at his pace because he does not hurry ahead of his sheep mm -mm. He knows the sheep don't have the strength to run fast or to walk fast. They walk slowly at a particular pace. And so he walks at that particular pace to make sure that you are secure and you're settled, that you will not slip, you will not slide and fall or stumble along the way. He is the good shepherd. He wants you and I to trust him more and more. And last week we shared on that, on the other time we shared on, he refreshes my soul or he restores my soul. And I, I said it in, the, in the, the best language is that he brings me back. The language in that place, it is in the sense that even if I am lost, he will not leave me lost. He does not say, ah, I've got so many other sheep, what do I need that one for? Not him. Even just one goes away, the word of God, he says, he leaves the 99. And he reaches out for that one. 
Even if it is lean and small and looks useless, it is very precious in the eyes of this good shepherd. So never look down on yourself. Never feel that I'm not anything. No, 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 no. Don't look at that one and say, oh, that one looks to be very strong. He's he's favored. But no, he does not favor anyone over the other. We are all his precious sheep in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to realize another thing about this wonderful shepherd. As much as we declare that the Lord is my shepherd, there's one thing that the shepherd always does. He never takes just only one sheep alone to go to feed him and leave the others. He always deals with the whole fold. He is concerned about the individual and the whole fold as as a whole. What is he trying to teach us? Let us value the issue of our being in the fold. The issue of being part of a fold. You are never alone. And never consider yourself alone. Never count yourself to be unique and alone apart from the others. No. We are unique, yes, individually, but corporately. That's what he's looking for. As a unique body of believers in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what he has made us to be. And that's what he says. The world will know that he has been sent by the Father. Because we are a unique bunch. We are one. And his wonderful, watchful eye in Jesus' name. And as we, we, we said that finally, he said, he guides us or leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We declare, we say that it is for, for the sake of his name. There's one thing that he, he's very careful about the paths that he leads you and I in. Because he loves us as his sheep. And for his own name's sake, as the scripture says, he will do anything to prevent accidents or to prevent the attacks of animals, wild animals, from you reaching out unto you as his precious sheep. He values you as much as he values me. And that alone is supposed to inspire our faith and our confidence in this journey that he has called us unto. And today, I want us to look now on the verse 4 of, 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 of Psalms 23. It is all to do with the good shepherd. And we see how he continues to inspire or to bring forth faith in us. Remember, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Your faith is the only thing That overcomes the world. That's what the Bible says. The world lives and thrives on what it sees. What it feels. What it can test. Not the children of God. He says the just shall live by faith. He says you and I as children of God. He declares that we walk not by sight. We walk by faith. We don't walk by what we have been told. Oh, you know what? That is what it is because we can see it. No, we walk by faith by what the Lord has granted unto us. And that's what he continues to try to draw out from us. And so I, I repeat again, remember the value of your faith. Never negate it. 
never feel, you know, that, you know, I don't have faith. He said, even if we have as small as a mustard seed, he says it is sufficient. It is able to blossom and into a mighty wildfire for the glory of God. Look at the wildfires that are happening all over the world. And you can realize, maybe somebody might have started one just by a small thing. Maybe they threw a cigarette somewhere. And that cigarette can burn the whole of Greece. It can burn the whole of the United Kingdom. Just that small one flick of, of, of a spark. It can do a lot. That is what happens with your faith. As you allow nurture that small faith that you may have, it is able to overcome the whole world. The whole system of the world is no match to you because of the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he tells us in Psalms 23 verse 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, in the other scriptures he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it is called the, sh the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. Realize, the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, as NIV, NIV pulls us there, he says, it is the valley of deepest darkness. It is like it is in this particular valley, you don't see anything or you don't see clearly where it is that you are passing or where you are stepping. It is a very fearful place. But the question comes, it says, I will fear no evil. And so you ask yourself, what is it that you fear and why do you fear? What is it that I fear and why do I fear? Realize that, you know, as we have said before, and I like going over and over it again, there was a time when man and woman walked, you know, in the liberty of a peaceful bliss. There was no fear of anything because they did not know any evil. One day, there's a time, these, these beloved ones, they, they, there was nothing to fear. Fear was unknown in their lives. And, you know, they were secure in the love and in the presence of the invisible one. Realize, strange enough, they could not see God because God is invisible. And yet, they were secure. They were so comfortable in his love and in that presence which they could not see. But they believed that that presence was there. He has called you and I. You've never seen him. But he wants you and I to have that grace and that confidence, that assurance. He is with me. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the valley of deepest darkness, I will fear no evil. Let nothing scare you or cause you to be afraid regardless of what it is. Fear is of the evil one. And sometimes we say some fears are good and some fears are bad. But overall, he does know, he wants you to be secure in his love and in his presence. Realize, just hearing the voice, hearing the voice of the invisible one, because the Bible says his voice will be heard in the garden. So hearing just his voice, you know, in, in the garden, it was sufficient to order their steps. And to direct their paths in the garden or in that place where he had called them. 
just hearing his voice. It was sufficient to seal the instructions that he was giving unto them at that particular time. It reminds me of uh, Psalms, Psalms 37 verse 23 and 24 where the psalmist says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. In another version, it's in the New King James, it says, The Lord orders the steps of a good man or a good woman. And then he says, and he delights, he delights in his way. Realize, the Lord delights in the way of that one who is good in his sight. And what is it that makes the Lord delight in his way? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells you something. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Meaning, the steps of a good man or a good woman are steps of faith. That's why he says in Psalms 37, verse, verse 23 and 24, the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his or her ways. So let me look at myself, and I want you to look at yourself and ask yourself, does, does the Lord order my steps? Does he delight in my way? Realize verse 24 says, even though he may fall or he may stumble, he will not be utterly cast down. He will not fail. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. Why? I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your road and your staff, they comfort me. He being in that presence of the invisible one and knowing that he is here, it stirs up your faith. That your foot, you know that my foot, I will step in the right place. I may not know where I'm stepping, but I'm looking to him. He orders my steps. His voice as it comes into my spirit, it seals his instructions in my spirit. And I know where I ought to go. I know what company I will keep. I will know what it is that I'm going to take. I know what I'm going to be involved in because he says he orders my steps. Why? Because I walk by faith. He says without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those ones who honestly seek him. He is behind a curtain and he only allows as we draw, as we seek him, as we hear his voice, we walk towards that particular curtain and he continues to unveil him. He's inside Jesus and Jesus says, I am the door. And as we enter into this good shepherd, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, he starts to allow us to see the father who abides and dwells in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he says, I am the way to the Father. No one comes to the Father but by me. Meaning the Father lives on the inside of Jesus. We can never find him anywhere else. He is the way, Jesus Christ. He is the way. So as we enter into him, we have entered into the presence of the Father for the glory of God. It is a mystery. We can't understand it. We can't be able to tear it apart to understand what it is. But that's what it is, he says he is. I love it that way. He says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead. Think about it. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead. That is, wherever Jesus is, 
That is where the fullness of the Godhead is. Because that's where God, the Father, the Holy Ghost, they dwell. In him dwells the fullness of the Godhead. If you think you'll find him anywhere, where Jesus is not, you can rest assured you will not find him. He only abides in this one. The Son of God, and as Elise spoke to us in the the reading, he says in past times he spoke to us by the prophets, but now he speaks to us through only one voice because he abides on the inside of only one, and that is the one with the express image of the Father. That is Jesus Christ, the resurrected King. And so... We move on and he comes, you know, you know, you realize disobedience and rebellion cut that line of communication and hence faith ceased to be. When that line of communication between God and Adam and Eve was cut, faith ceased to, uh, to, to, to live in their midst because faith comes only by the word. And by the word of God. And we know that he says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Consequently faith comes from hearing the word. And the word is heard through the word of God. Or the word about Christ. So basically when God stopped speaking. When the voice of God stopped coming into the, into the garden. Into the presence of Adam and Eve. Faith dried up in that particular, in that particular season. There was no faith until when the voice of God was heard again. And he says, until down, is this somewhere down in the times of Seth? From Seth, that's when again, again men started to call upon the name of the Lord. And realize something interesting about the grace of God. As you avail yourself and I avail myself to him, that voice continues to come to us. And so we come to what we have declared today where it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even if I go through the darkest valley, he says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's the Lord one, the Lord is with you. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Now that is John chapter 10 verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Now interesting. How does he know his sheep? I want you to ask yourself. How does he know his sheep? He knows his sheep because of this one reason. They hear his voice. If you don't hear his voice, you are not his sheep. If I don't hear his voice, I am not his sheep. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Make it a point of your heart and my point to seek his grace. That Father, let my ears ever be open that I will always hear the voice of the shepherd that is of the good shepherd. That's how he knows his sheep. You know one thing said of, there's a ship that he say like it has been rescued. Maybe its mother died or things like that. And the shepherd managed to pick it and brought it to itself when it was so small. Fills it with a bottle of milk, you know, the baby bottle, you know, and it sucks from that particular milk and it grows. And it keeps on hearing the voice of the shepherd. As it grows bigger and bigger, There is no other voice it recognizes. 
Whenever the shepherd will say anything, it, it, it recognizes that voice and it shoots off in the direction of that particular voice because it has learned to know the shepherd. Other sheep may wonder whether the, the sheep which are not sensitive to, to, to the voice of the shepherd, they, they will eventually start following that particular sheep because it becomes the lead sheep of all the others because it hears the voice of the shepherd. I want you, my brother and my sister, make it a, a, a quest of your life that I be that one who will be hearing the voice of the shepherd day in and day out. Even in my sleep, I will hear the voice of the shepherd as he speaks unto me. And the question I want you to ask yourself is, are you able to hear his voice? If you do not hear that voice, I want you to start crying to him from this moment, Father, I don't want to be hearing about that your voice comes. I want to hear your voice. Cry unto him day in and day out until it becomes a reality that you will truly be hearing the voice of God speaking unto you as you read, not just by reading the word. You can read the word and never hear his voice. Let me tell you one strange thing about us human beings. We have got the intellect, intellect, to read this particular word, just like we can read any other book. But it's only when his spirit stirs and quickens something in you and in me, then this word becomes alive. It peels off the pages as we read it, and it becomes part of us, and it starts to drive, to lead us, to push us on in the grace of God. A hunger and a thirst comes forth for the word to seek to know what has he said, or what is he saying this particular moment. And that is, at the Lord, in a, even though I walk through the shadow of the, of the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The Lord is with you. And may it be that it will be your moment-by-moment -moment experience to know his presence in the name of Jesus. Realize, in the valley of the shadow of death, that is in this deep valley of deep darkness, your sanity depends on not on what you see or not on anything else, but on the ability to hear his voice. Because many times in that valley of the shadow of death, you don't see anything. You are simply walking, walking forward because you know, okay, this is the way. There's so much on either side, you can't be able to penetrate your way through. But his voice ahead is the one that keeps your sanity to know that, yeah, I am going to come through this particular valley. Your confidence depends not on what you see. It depends on what you hear. That is the voice of the shepherd. He says, my sheep hear my voice because he is with you. Your stability, stability in your faith depends on what you hear, not on what you see. It is as his voice speaks into your spirit man or spirit woman that you have that particular stability and that focus that I will still march on regardless of what is happening around me. I may be in pain. I may be in sorrow. I may be in grief. I may be in sickness. But still in this valley, I still will follow to hear that voice of my shepherd as he speaks across unto me. It is said of the valley, this particular valley, there are real valleys actually, it's strange, that you know, this valley, and David knew the experience of them, there are many of them in the Middle East, and in other places of the, of, of the world. It is said of them that they are usually very narrow, 
And most of the time they will pass through the mountain range. range. And you know, there are jagged rocks on either, on either side. In some places, the path plunges, plunges, plunges downwards, you know, into the deep, narrow gorges. And you know, some of them can be as long as five miles. They are not short valleys, these valleys. And most of them have been dug out because the water comes and as it passes through, it erodes the soil. And it makes those particular, you know, deeper and deeper and deeper parts. And at some point you find that when travelers, when travelers are going through those particular valleys, like there's a place I think in Jordan, near Petra, even near Jerusalem or Jericho, there are some, some kind of these particular valleys. And it's likely that's where David was taking his ship up and down as he was looking after them. It is said that even travelers are usually afraid when they are going through the valley of those particular valleys that are called the valleys of the shadow of death. Because you walk through them quietly and slowly to avoid being detected or being heard by bandits. Because bandits are go hanging around in that particular valley hoping to catch that lone traveler who is passing through those particular valleys. There is constant fear of death and the constant fear of trouble on the mind. But we realize something, that that valley is not the end of the journey. He says, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death. There are experiences that each of us, we may be experiences, and they look like this particular valley, but the Lord wants you to know and me to know that it is just part of the journey. That some of them, they are expedient. We cannot avoid them. To be able to reach that place, the Lord has to take us through that particular valley of darkness. Where it's as if there is no hope, there is nothing else. Only the voice and the presence of the shepherd gives us the assurance that we will get through. And all you need to know in that valley is that he is with you. He will lead you through the darkest valley. And he will deliver you from your anxiety. He will deliver you from your fears. Oh, for the glory of God. Sheep, as we said last week, last time, they have no defense. And the only security that the sheep have is their shepherd. We say they don't have the claws to be able to claw back if somebody attacks them. They don't have speed to run away from the predators. They don't have, you know, they don't have any particular strength to be able to fight for them, for themselves, like other, some, some of the other animals. And hear what the word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 7. It says, what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? What other nation is like us who, you know, who have their gods near them? You know, and the way the, 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 the writer writes here, the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him. That is how close the Lord is. Here what he says in 139 Psalms, verse 7 to 10. He says, Psalms 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. 
Do you know what he says in, in Matthew chapter Matthew chapter 1 verse 23? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The good shepherd is with us. And the father made sure he was born just for you and for me, his sheep. So that he may ever always be there to take care of you and to take care of me as we cooperate with him. I encourage you, my brother and my sister, listen for his voice. It will bring up your faith and make you to stand through every kind of, 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 of storm, whatever it might be, in the name of Jesus. You've heard of Brother Neville here give a testimony that now he's ready to be the evangelist, that the Lord has called him to be, and so be it, my brother, in Jesus' name, all for the glory of God, that he will fulfill the calling of God upon his life. Each one of us, as we hear his voice, you say, as he says something, his mother intimidated him at one point, told me, you can only believe, but don't preach. Don't preach. And so, somehow in obedience, he has been quiet, not preaching, a, a, a bit hesitant. But now the mother has gone, uh, that, that it's like the bird, the bird has been set free. The bird, I'm going to speak and tell of this particular gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sorry, sorry, my beloved. I'm going to speak and tell of the gospel of this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So may the Lord grant you your desire because he's faithful. He has heard your confession. He will fulfill it because he never fails. Realize what he says in Matthew chapter 28 verse 20. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Even to the very end of the age. The good shepherd. He says I am with you. It does not matter what you are experiencing. Or what you may be going through. He says I am with you for the glory of God. Now, this is a bit sensitive, what I will tell you at this particular moment. We live in a day or in a time when we hear, be it on the TV, on the radio, in many places, you may be told that partner with me so that it may be well with you. Partner with me so that it may be well with you. But I tell you one thing. In this valley of the shadow of death, it is not partnership with a man or a woman. It's not partnership with any particular given ministry that will save you. I hope you hear me. It is not partnership with Hope Community Church that will save you. No, Hope Community Church cannot save anybody. It is partnership with the Good Shepherd. Jesus Christ, that is his name. He is the one and only one he wants you and I to partner with for the glory of God in Jesus' name. He has not called any man or any woman to stand in his place as his representative so that you can partner with me. Then you will experience the blessing and the favor of God. No, the word of God says, even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because thou art with me. It does not say because Paul is with me, because a brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, prophet so-and-so is with me. He says because you the good shepherd you are with me and I want you my brother my sister to hold on to that particular part secondly it is not quoting of specific scriptures 
that will save you in the valley of the shadow of death. No, it is the voice of him whom you can see, the invisible one, that comes through to you and makes you know you will go through. It is not special declarations. You know, we come, I have given people declarations to say. It is not those special declarations that we may declare that will save us in the valley of the shadow of death. Never. We can write volumes of declarations. They will save no man. They will save no woman. It is not any special drafted prayer points that will save us from that particular valley of the shadow of death. The word of God says, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Why am I saying that? What saves you, it is knowing in your knower that he is with you. Praise God. It is knowing in your Noah inside that he is with you. You come to him in that dark place because you know he is with me. And you know that he is here. That's why Paul says in nothing be anxious. But by prayer and supplication make your request known unto him. And he says the peace of God that passes knowledge and understanding shall keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That is where our security and our assurance is kept. Now listen to what he says. There's something interesting. It says in John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40. I believe you know that scripture. He tells them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. That's what Jesus Christ is telling the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. And he says the same to us. Don't go carrying that particular written scripture somewhere. You hide it in your heart that this is going to protect you. My goodness. The devil will whack you with that particular scripture right here on your heart on that particular page. And you wonder, what happened? I was holding that particular scripture that I was told it would protect me. No, it is the voice of your good shepherd that scares away that particular dog, the stray dog, the evil one, when he tries to come to tear you or tear your family or tear your business or tear that which concerns you, only believe in him. He is the good shepherd. Listen, he says in St. John chapter 7, verse 45 to 52, finally the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him? No one has, they answered, no one has ever spoken the way this man spoke. Do you hear that? That is the soldiers who are sent to, to, to arrest him. Then the Pharisees said, you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted, have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that does not know the law or does nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their number, asked, Does our Lord condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it. That is, look into the scriptures. You will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. They were looking at the scriptures and they depended on those particular scriptures. But realized, the gods who knew nothing. When they met him, the good shepherd, 
His word ignites faith in the, whoever hears it. As they listened to him, they forgot they had come to arrest him. They left, wow, that man spoke wonderful words. They, they were burning in their hearts. They went back to the Pharisees, told them, I, you want to arrest that man? There's no man like that one. Even the soldiers found faith by listening to that particular voice. He is your good shepherd. He is my good shepherd. Seek to hear his voice, my brother and my sister. You will never be the same again. You will be a changed man and a changed woman forever for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Look at Nicodemus. Why did Nicodemus try to convince the Pharisees? He had already met him and he had heard the voice. It had sprouted faith on the inside of that teacher of the law. And he no longer trusted in the law as such. He knew this one has the words of eternal life. And he believed him. He is your shepherd. He is my shepherd. The good shepherd. Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Your good shepherd. My good shepherd. We will never be the same for the honor and for the glory of God in the highest. It is one thing to, to, to quote what has been said about him. I repeat, it is one thing to quote has been, what has been said about him. It is another thing to look to him. As you look to him, he emboldens, he, boldens, he, he strengthens that little faith of yours. He makes your faith to start to flare like wildfire and nothing can put it off. Men and women can bring their buckets of oil water to pour over it. They can even bring the helicopters to pour the buckets of the tanks of water over that particular faith. It will have no effect on your faith. Your faith is like the potassium fire. Have you heard of the potassium fire? It is said, I think it is, they call it potassium or something like that. It, even water you pour over in phosphorus, I think it's phosphorus or something like that. They pour over it, they call it the Greek fire. They pour over it water. It, water cannot put off that particular fire. It continues to burn even in the water, all for the glory of God. Your faith will be like that when you hear the voice of the shepherd. You confidently step forward knowing that you are no longer going to sleep or fall into the hidden, hidden pits. There's a chorus we used to sing, I have seen, I have seen the victory of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory to be Jesus. He says, when I look to my right, I see Jesus as conquered. When I look to my left, I see Jesus as conquered. When I look to my front, I see Jesus as conquered. When I look at my back, I see Jesus as conquered. Then the singer says, I have seen. The victory of Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. Why? My good shepherd is ever round about me, above me, beneath me. I am hidden in him. I don't care what storms may come my way. I know victory is assured in the name of Jesus. Another song and said, every mountain becomes a blessing. Every problem becomes a blessing. Every setback becomes a blessing. When I know that the Lord is mine. When I know that the shepherd is mine. And he finalizes and says many things about tomorrow. I don't seem to understand. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. 
But I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. The good shepherd, does he hold your hand? Let me finish with this particular scripture as I read it. I want you to listen to it quickly, just quickly as we listen, just bear with me. John chapter 8 verse 1 to 11, the woman who was caught in adultery. But Jesus went up to Mount Olives and sat down and at dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him and he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her to stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question to use as a trap in order to have a basis of accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who had begun to go away one by one, and uh, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with a woman only standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked a woman, Where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one saw. She said, Then, neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now, go your way, and sin no more. Realize the woman was in her valley of the shadow of death, as many of us we may be. She knew there was no way out of this particular valley because she knew the Jews, and they had caught her. She knew she was going to die. Nobody was hearing her cry for mercy. Maybe nobody hears your cry. Not even her friends or parents or relatives could stand up for her at that particular hour. It was darkness all around her with the smell of death in the air. And maybe the same has happened to you. Their law condemned her. They asked for his verdict, having stones ready to strike. She must have thought that she was alone. And I'm sure when they said, what do you say? As she didn't know what it is that he was going to say. I believe it's likely. Maybe she bent down and covered her eyes. She was waiting for the first stone to hit her because she knew the end had come. I am alone in this valley of the shadow of death. And maybe like her, the floods of guilt, condemnation, setbacks, and all sorts of things. They come rushing at you, rushing at your family. Their roar drowns your cries for mercy and your cries for help. You feel alone and no one understands. You feel abandoned and you feel forsaken. But he says, the good shepherd is speaking out to you and he says, I am here. I am with you. Realize Jesus. He ignores their accusations. He ignores the roar of the condemnations. He ignores the shouts that are coming out from all this crowd. And he homes in onto her, onto her cry. He homes, he can hear your heart's cry. 
for help. And he says, I can see you. He silences the accuser. He stops the pursuer in his tracks. Listen what he says. When they kept questioning him, he straightened up and he said, Let anyone who of you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. He silenced the accuser and he He stopped the accuser in his paths. Praise God. He told her this one word, go your way and sin no more. He told her basically, I have confidence in you. I don't care what they're saying about you. I don't care what they say, how they judge you. I have confidence in you. I believe in you. You can make it. And my brother, my sister, you can make it too. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let us look to the good shepherd. He's going to do it for you. He's going to do it for your family. He's going to do it for us. We'll continue to study the good shepherd. The next time when we have an opportunity. For the glory of God. And Father let it be. That your children may be able to trust in you. And may know that you are faithful. You never fail. In Jesus name.